Hey, so good to see you. Uh, thanks for joining us here in Waukesha, online, Pewaukee, uh, whatever your location. Uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, for church. And uh, if you're new uh, to River Glen, or you know if you've attended for any length of time, it doesn't matter. And uh, you just want to find out more about our church, our beliefs, our, our ministries, get all your questions answered, come to this event. It's coming up in three weeks called the Welcome Brunch, Sunday, July 17th, 1030 to 1130. Both uh, campuses, you get a free meal. Yeah, you get a free T-shirt. I wore one uh, for you today. You get a free T-shirt. I think you'll really enjoy it. You get a chance to meet some of our staff. And I hope you'll go ahead and just get signed up uh, today. You can, you can do that right now. Take out your phone, scan the QR code in front of you, or just fill out the welcome card, drop it in the uh, box on your way out. Stop by the Welcome Center, go to our website, uh, whatever way you choose to sign up, hope you'll do that. We'd really love to have you uh, join us. Well, um, does anybody uh, remember this TV show, uh, Dirty Jobs, Mike Rowe on Discovery Channel, came out uh, several years ago, ran for eight seasons, came back in 2022 with a brand new uh, season. Mike Rowe goes, uh, identifies dirty jobs, dirtiest jobs, and he goes and does them uh, for a day, like you know, maybe paving a road. You know, you smell like tar, and then you got to paint the road, or, or maybe he goes and works on a farm. I'm curious, how many of you have a septic tank at your uh, home? Anybody have a septic tank? Oh yeah, quite a few of you. You know, you probably uh, relate to this uh, short video. Take a look. What's going to happen to me today? Well, you're going to get a little taste, so to speak, of what it's like to be a septic tank technician. It's a good day. For it enhances the aroma. It's a fairly simple procedure that takes a lot of hose and a strong stomach. Ah. Les, that's not good. This is a pretty one. How deep is that? Uh, about four feet deep. A turd hurdler? You know you're doing it right when you feel that rocking sound layer of sludge on the bottom oh. that you want to get suspended. Yeah, you got to suspend the sludge. Well, a little piece of something just flew right by my ear. And you have to remember to keep your mouth closed when yeah, you're Yeah, I know. That's what can get out and clog the drain field. Oh, man, because if we clog the drain field, then somebody would have to go in then there and clog it. Then you have to go it. in the tank. That's right. Well, that's you know. not going to happen. Well, you won't have to go to the fitness center tonight. No, I'll just have to so go straight to the emergency room. Ah, somebody's eating their fiber. Well, it's a lot cleaner than it was, Les, but I, uh, I wouldn't want to eat off it. Now what? The next part is to inspect. If you want to hold the mirror there. Sure. And we're going to be looking at the other end of the tank. about, uh -huh. And we're just looking to make sure there aren't any big cracks or anything or any roots coming in. And... No, I think the big cracks already did their work here. Yeah, that's a dirty job right there. He goes and finds the uh, dirtiest jobs. And he does them. And I wonder, you know, are there any dirty jobs around your house that maybe you avoid doing, you put them off? You know, if I'm honest, there's a lot of dirty jobs that I put off around our house. Uh, my, my wife helped me with this list, like uh, pulling weeds, uh, cleaning the bathrooms, sweeping the garage, mopping the floor, taking out the, gar taking out the garbage takes like 15 seconds, but... I don't want to mess with it, and uh, maybe if I avoid doing it, somebody else uh, will do it. I think all of us have some dirty jobs around our house that we avoid uh, doing. And so what we're going to talk about today is going to be challenging for some of us because it'll take a mentality shift that involves taking these tasks and actually doing them for other uh, people. 
But if we take this challenge seriously, you know what? It can be a great way to bless other people and to change the world uh, one person at a time. Today we're going to hear a story where Jesus willingly does a dirty job and uh, demonstrates what we're talking about uh, today. Today's week four of a series uh, in our series called Bless. That's really all about our mission as a church right here, making more and better followers of Jesus. But this isn't just River Glen's mission. This is your mission. This is my mission. This is our mission together, making more and better followers of Jesus. But I think there's a tendency to just kind of sit back and, and think, you know, I, I hope, you know, other people find Jesus instead of actually helping more people to find Jesus. That's why we're doing this series. It was inspired by this new book by Dave and John Ferguson uh, called Bless, Five Ways to, to, to Love Those in Your uh, Neighborhood. And by the way, if you're looking for a book to read this summer or study in a group, great choice right here. Our group did this study and really in, enjoyed it. So we're using the word bless as an acronym. And so hopefully you uh, picked up one of these cards uh, at some point during this series. If you didn't, you can grab one on your way out because this card helps you identify the people and the places that God has called you uh, to bless. And we're learning uh, letter B. It, it stands for begin with prayer. L stands for listen to those around us. Last week, uh, we, we, we talked about E, which stands for eat. And many of us actually enjoyed a simple meal in the lobby after the service. By the way, every uh, Saturday night this summer and then on Sundays in Pewaukee, Saturday night here in Waukesha, uh, we make available just a simple meal for you because meal sharing is a great way to build relationships and to bless other people. But today we're going to talk about the next letter in the uh, acronym, uh, letter S, that stands for uh, serve. Now, um, I, I know for me, when other people uh, serve me or help me out, that can cause me to feel a little bit uncomfortable at, at, at first. I wonder if anybody else feels that way when people help you out. Maybe it's just the way that my personality is wired. A few years ago, one of our small groups had an assignment to do a service project, and they asked if they could help our family out. They wanted to come over to our house and do some landscaping, install some lighting in our front yard, and also a handrail. And when my wife told me about this, you know, at first I felt a little uncomfortable. Like, you know, they don't need to do that for us. You know, we, can, we, don't, we don't need help. We can do it. That's a lot of work for them. But we said yes, and uh, they all came over on a hot summer day, spent the whole day working. I mean, they literally did a dirty job. They dug up soil in our front yard. They ran some underground wiring. They, they put in this great lighting system along our sidewalk. They put in a handrail, transformed our landscaping. It looked, it looked awesome. I mean, we, are, we felt loved and served and appreciated. And you might think that since serving has made such an impact on me that, you know, when I find out about an opportunity to serve, I would just jump right in. But if I'm being honest, I'm really more of the person that whenever I kind of see of a need or hear a need, I'm thinking, you know, I, I need to get somebody to help out with that. Or worse, I just avoid making on, eye contact and uh, hopefully somebody else will take care of it. Maybe, that, maybe that's just me. But if we're going to get serious about this mission of making more and better followers of Jesus, we need a major shift in our thinking when it comes to serving others. And here's the kind of seismic shift 
that needs to happen. In the year uh, 1900, the field of physics had made just incredible strides forward. In fact, physics had made so much progress that a growing number of uh, physicists actually started to believe that they had nearly exhausted uh, the limits of the discipline of physics. And uh, one of these physicists by the name of uh, Lord Kelvin, here he is, uh, right here, he made an infamous uh, statement. He gave the keynote address at this gathering called the British Association of the Advancement of Science, uh, probably a really rowdy crowd uh, there. And Lord Kelvin took the podium, surrounded by a number of scientists, con- convinced of their own brilliance, and he made these infamous words. Here's what he said. There's nothing new to be discovered in physics. Now all that remains is just more and more precise measurements. And uh, Lord Kelvin dropped the mic and uh, walked off. Uh, But not so fast. Uh, Because here's why this is an infamous statement. Because in five short years, this guy burst onto the scene. Yeah, Albert Einstein. And uh, from that picture, I I, I tend to think he probably wasn't invited to that British science party that they held um, annually. But he did publish a paper called Special Relativity that changed the way We understand our world. And it turned everything these physicists thought for sure on its head. It's like this. For 200 years, the the, the field of science walked in this direction. And then this paper comes out by Einstein. And everybody's got to turn around and begin to walk in the opposite uh, direction. This is what is called a paradigm shift. A paradigm shift is a fundamental change in approach or underlying assumptions. But even more revolutionary and astounding than Einstein's discovery is the paradigm shift that we're going to talk about today. A paradigm shift that we have to make about the value of serving others because it will make a huge impact on them. And this paradigm shift helps us go from just hoping more people find Jesus to actually helping people find uh, 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 Jesus. Today we're going to see how Jesus takes the old paradigm. The the more status you have, the more money, uh, the more wealth uh, you have, the more leverage you have to get other people to serve you. I mean, Jesus takes that old paradigm and he flips it upside down and makes it right side up. And, And maybe some of us for some of us that old paradigm is still ingrained in our thinking that the the higher you climb, the more money you make, the more social media followers you have, uh, the bigger your platform, the more leverage you have to get other people to serve you. But Jesus is going to paint a new picture of what it looks like to bless the world and experience true success. And it involves a shift from a crown to an apron. We're going to look at this amazing story that we read in the Gospel of John. And if if you've been attending church for really any length of time, as I read this, you're you're probably going to go, oh, I know this one. But I want you to open your heart and mind like you're hearing it for the first uh, time. I I, I want you to hear these words with the idea of this paradigm shift for them back then and also uh, for us today. John records this stunning scene for us in, in the gospel. He says it, it was uh, just before the Passover festival. Uh, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave uh, this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. 
the evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God, and he was returning to God. And so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured, out, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel uh, that was wrapped ar- ar- around uh, him. Now, this is not a normal scene. I want you to think about how uncomfortable and awkward uh, this scene must have been because Jesus does a very dirty job. And he completely changes the hierarchy and power uh, structure. There's no one higher. Uh, no one's got more power. All the wealth of the world uh, belongs to Jesus. And uh, what does he do? He removes his crown for an uh, apron. He takes a towel and he wraps it around his waist. And he kneels down and he begins to serve his disciples. And understand, Jesus wasn't just doing a kind deed. I mean, he lowers himself to the lowest rung on the ladder. I know, uh, you know, washing feet sounds strange to us today, but in the first century, it was an important part of life. Typically, they would have the uh, lowest servant uh, do it because it was such a dirty job, a gross job, especially in the first century. They didn't have nail clippers. Nobody had a fresh pedicure. Uh, Oftentimes, they didn't wear shoes. They didn't wear socks. They walked on dirty roads behind animals who would, you know, go to the bathroom. And and I think you get the picture of what's going on here. And typically for a meal, the disciples would gather together around a table and they would sit on the floor and feet would be right there. And so they had to wash their feet before the meal. But imagine this awkward moment when uh, they realize there's no servant in the room. And the disciples stand around wondering, you know, who's going to wash uh, their feet. Now, if I had been there, I would uh, resort to my uh, avoiding eye contact. Uh, so, you know, hopefully nobody asked me uh, to wash the feet. But the awkwardness just gets turned way up because Jesus himself gets up, wraps a towel around his waist, and he kneels down and begins to wash their feet. It's not just that Jesus does a dirty job that astounds them. It's the shame associated with this act of service. Keep in mind, they lived in a shame and honor uh, society, and you wanted to have the highest honor. Because if you would have, uh, if you always had the highest honor, then other people had to serve you. And so here's Jesus, their leader, the one presiding over the meal, doing a dirty job and washing their feet. This is not a position of honor. And I think that's why Peter has some stern words uh, for him. Uh, Peter said to him, uh, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. I think Peter reacts the way that we all would react if we had somebody over for dinner at, at our house. I want you to think about it this way. Imagine you have your boss over to your house for dinner. And you're probably nervous because it's your boss and, you know, you want to make everything nice for them. But imagine at the end of the meal, your boss gets up and starts cleaning your toilets. That would be uncomfortable, wouldn't it? And that's exactly what's happening in this scene. It's, it's, it's very uncomfortable. Uh, it's how Peter feels here, but it's turned up a hundred times because it's Jesus. Peter thinks there's no way Jesus should be doing this. It's, it's very uncomfortable. Take a look at how Jesus 
uh, response. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have, a, have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. Now, that last line where he says, though not every one of you, obviously Jesus refers uh, to Judas, who's about to betray him in just a moment. But Peter and the disciples, I mean, they do not fully understand what, what Jesus means here in that moment. However, today we can fully understand what Jesus says here, because we know, how the, we know the rest of the story. We know that a few hours after this meal, um, after they shared this together, the authorities are going to come. They're going to arrest Jesus. They're going to mock him. They're going to beat him. They're going to strip him of his dignity. And Jesus, once again, is going to remove that crown. But this time it's not going to be replaced by an apron. It's going to be replaced by a cross. And on that cross, he's going to bear the full weight of our shame and guilt in, in, in order to cleanse us and restore, our, 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 restore us to a right relationship uh, with God. Even though Peter and, and the other disciples, they don't understand all of that. They go ahead and they let Jesus wash their uh, feet. But the point I want to really drive home today for us is that when Jesus washes their feet at this, at this meal, I mean, this is not just a kind gesture. Jesus demonstrates a catalytic seismic shift that needs to happen in our thinking. I mean, look at what he says here. When uh, he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus says, I've done this for you, and now you need to do this for others because my kingdom is not about your power. It's not about your money. It's about serving others. And when you bless others that way, God will bless you as, as well. Even what might seem like small acts of service to us can, can make a huge impact. It might bless them in a way that they've never experienced before. But we've got to take off our, our, our crown and, and pick up an apron in a world that believes the more money you have, the more wealth uh, you have, the more leverage you have to get other people to serve you. But look at these powerful words. That Jesus says, not so with you, no. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So if you and I are going to carry out this mission of making more and better followers of Jesus, not just hoping more people find Jesus, but helping more people Find Jesus. We do that by living out these five blessed uh, practices. I want you to, to think about this card and, 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 and who are the people that God has called you to bless? What are their names? Uh, write them down on the card. What are the places where God has called you uh, to bless? Here's what I've learned. Whenever I begin with, with, with prayer and God brings to mind people that he wants me to bless, 
And then I listen to these people. I listen to their hopes and dreams and their needs. And then I take some time to sit down and eat with them. I will discover how I can serve them. I will discover how I can serve a purpose in their, in their life. Maybe they've got a practical need that I can meet. Maybe it's an emotional or relational or even a spiritual need. But I've also learned that these five blessed practices, you know, these are not always something that you can plan and, and put on your calendar. I mean, sometimes you can put serving on your calendar, which is a great thing to do. But uh, many times it's more of an as-you-go kind of thing. It's living with a posture of readiness, you know, where you're looking for opportunities to serve others, and you don't avoid them. You stand ready uh, to grab an apron and to serve. Sometimes I'll think uh, to myself, oh, I wish I had more time uh, to serve. You know, maybe, maybe after I get this project done, you know, then I'll be more generous with my time, and I'll serve others. Or the next season of, of my life, I'll, I'll, I'll be more generous with my time and serve others. But the truth is, time never frees itself up for us, does it? And think about the timing in this story. Jesus doesn't have more time or a better season coming. This is his last day on earth. Time is very short, but he spends it washing dirty feet to set an example for us. He makes time for serving. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll wait for the perfect serving opportunity that matches my gifts and abilities. And it's important to find serving opportunities that match your gifts and abilities. Jesus did that. You know, when he did healings and performed miracles that only he could do. But Jesus also shows the willingness to serve whatever need is in front of him. Nothing was above him or below him. Nothing was too small for him. He picks up the apron and he begins to, to, to serve. And so think about the people and the places where God has called you to serve. And as you, you know, think about those people, as you think about uh, those places, I want you to ask yourself this question right here. Am I wearing a crown or an apron? Maybe the place is your, is your neighborhood. How could you begin to serve your neighbors? You know, as the weather's warmer and we spend more time outside, maybe it's just introducing yourself to your neighbors and asking them how they're doing and listening to them. And getting to know them. Maybe it's bringing them a gift. Maybe it's bringing them some baked goods and saying something like, hey, uh, you know, our church challenged us to do something nice for a neighbor. And I chose you. And just uh, give it to them. Maybe it's asking this simple question. Is there anything I can do for you? That's a great question. I'm trying to program my brain, train my brain to ask that question to more people. Is there anything I can do for you. Maybe, it's, maybe you'll find a neighbor with a practical need that you could meet. Maybe it's watching their kids, you know, while they go run and errand. Are you wearing a crown or uh, an apron? Maybe it's your uh, workplace. Uh, maybe it's your office. And just, you know, asking people, uh, how you doing? And then add this word, really. How you doing? Really. And then listen to them. You know, maybe it's asking, uh, is there anything... I can do for you. Are you wearing a crown or an apron? Maybe, maybe for you it's your family. Maybe there's uh, someone in your extended family that desperately needs a little bit of help. And you could serve them. Are you wearing a crown or an apron? Uh, recently I went with a team uh, from our, our church <clears throat> and uh, volunteered 
at this uh, end-of-the-year event for uh, Hawthorne Elementary School. They do a field day on the last day of school, and uh, a, a team from church uh, went there to help. We uh, partner with a couple local elementary schools that we serve throughout uh, the year. And uh, I just volunteered a couple hours um, in the uh, morning, and they, they gave me a game to run with uh, uh, groups of kids. The groups would take turns. And uh, this is a relay game that had uh, five hula hoops and 30 uh, wiffle balls. And it's been a while since I've run a game. I started out with older kids, and it was easy. And I thought, this is, this is cake. This is easy. And then they brought a younger age group of kids. That was a little, little bit more of a challenge, but they had fun. And I had fun. And uh, it was the highlight of my day. It was the highlight really the highlight of my week. And I felt so proud of our church uh, when a couple teach teachers uh, came over to just express their sincere appreciation for our church uh, serving and helping their school. And then last weekend I was in the lobby. Somebody came up to me who's new. And they, they just shared, they wanted to share that what they really like about River Glen Church is the way we don't just gather here. We go out and we serve. We serve other people in the community, and I just love hearing that. And I know we've, you know, we've got a long ways uh, to go, but I'm just proud of, of our church uh, reaching out to serve others and bless others and share the love of Jesus in the community. And that's what this series is, is about. So maybe some of you are ready to jump in and, and help our church uh, bless others and serve um, others. We've got a few opportunities uh, right now. And if you'd like to uh, respond, it's real simple. Just take out your phone. You can do that right now and you just text the word serve to this number, 262-500-4004. And you'll receive a uh, simple form in reply that you fill out and it lists different options that you can, you know, you can pick and choose uh, from. Let me tell you just about a couple of them. One is the uh, Night of Stars coming up on Friday night. Uh, July 15th, right here at the Waukesha uh, campus. It's, it's just a couple hours to bless and serve our special needs friends. And I know you, you, you not only bless them, uh, you'll be blessed as, as well. Another opportunity, we're looking for people at both campuses to serve children with the RG Kids ministry on the weekends. We're looking for people who are uh, willing to serve just, just three weekends. So it's a short commitment, but it'll make a big difference. And you will be a, a big uh, blessing. And I know you'll be blessed uh, too. And then we've got some other um, opportunities on the form uh, as well. So if you're interested, real simple, just take out your phone, text the word serve uh, to 262-500-4004. You receive a simple form. And uh, you just fill that out and you pick and choose. There's a list there. You can pick and choose different you can, how, how you want to uh, serve. I want to just challenge all of us to uh, look for opportunities to, to serve and move beyond just hoping more people find Jesus and actually helping people uh, to find Jesus by serving them. You know what motivated Jesus uh, that night when he gathered together for the Last Supper and, you know, he got up, put a towel around his waist and kneeled down and washed the dirty feet of the disciples. You know what motivated him to do that? It's easy to miss, but I want to go back to the beginning of John chapter 13. It says, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Look at this. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them 
to the end. He only had a few hours to live. And Jesus chose love. He chose love to the very end. Love motivated him uh, to, to get down on his knees and serve his disciples. And that same love has changed the world uh, the last 2,000 years. And really the best way for us to paint a picture of love with our life is to follow his example. May, may, may you and I, may we be a, a, a people who take off our crown and put on an apron. And I don't know if we do that, if we make that a, a, a practice, a habit, if we make this a, a lifestyle, we're going we're gonna to make an impact. We're going to change the world one person at a time. I'm going to pray for us, and then uh, you're invited to share communion together with us, just like they did that night at the Last Supper. Uh, Jesus washed their feet, and then during the Last Supper, he shared communion with his disciples for the uh, first time. We've got communion um, available on the back tables in our rooms. Feel free to get up and, and pick that up uh, if you need to. If you're watching online, uh, feel free to use your own elements and join in with us. Our communion is open to everyone who follows Jesus. With our communion, you just peel back top layer. There's a piece of bread that represents Christ's body. Peel back that second layer, and there's uh, juice that represents his blood for you to drink. I'm going to pray uh, for us, and then we're going to give you a moment for reflection. And then when you're ready, um, you can go ahead and uh, take communion. Let me, let me pray for us. God, thank you uh, for the blessing, the great blessing of, of Jesus who came and took off his crown and gave his life as a, as a sacrifice uh, to make us clean and, and restored fully in relationship with you. God, we just want to pause right now during communion and just thank you for blessing us um, in this way with Jesus. And God, we know that you want to use us now to be a blessing, to, to, to bless others. And God, we just, we just want to open our eyes and look for opportunities. God, we ask for you to give us opportunities to serve others in our homes, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, um, and uh, in our community, and in our church. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.